Are you excited? I'm excited. Yes. Did you get a haircut? It's a long week. I also got a haircut, but did you get a haircut? I did not. Oh, it looks like you got a haircut. A couple weeks ago, but it's just now okay. looking half decent. Now you're looking good. Um, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. It's Steve. Um, not a whole ton to talk about today, but I think we'll complain about the Steelers a little bit. Uh, we will discuss uh, this weekend's contest in Michigan. And then uh, I want to pick your brain on Bob Costas, but I think I might take that conversation and expand it a little bit more um, and pick your brain as I tend to do. And then this week's old guy, young guy is nothing stressful, but one I'm interested to hear your answers on. It's not a trick, not a quiz. It's just, <laughs> just a question. Good. That's great. I'm excited. Okay. So is the dog. Oops. Oh. Shouldn't talk so loud with the dog. Nearby. That is Guinness the Red Lab on Instagram. That is Guinness the Red Lab on Instagram. And if I were a better, better videographer, we'd have better content because I had him with a, he was running around with a gift bag today. It's a Christmas gift bag. And it could have, I could have had, I had a nice little you know, Christmas caption in mind, but not the, video, not the videographer of choice to make that kind of stuff happen while you're both trying to get the bag from him and take a video. So it didn't happen. That's a, it's slightly stressful. Then that that bag probably I imagine has a couple holes in it now. It survived actually. Oh, it survived. That's good. So whatever member of the Samsel family finds dog droll on their Christmas bag, just know that that was Guinness. You well. now have the backstory exactly. Happy holidays to them. Um, all right, Steve. Uh, we are both Steelers fans. We don't tend to talk about the Steelers very much, but I think we need to talk about the Steelers. They're not a good football team. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I was going to try to like not do a Penn State rant, but I think I'm just going to have to. And I think a lot of it is going to kind of mirror where Penn State might be at. Like, I think maybe like the Steelers right now might be a year behind Penn State in terms of their learning curve or decisions that need to be made you have a head coach that's been there for a while has not really of late achieved what he's supposed to achieve um you've got a changing quarterback situation um you've got what should be a better defense than it really is and also got this big issue of your coordinators I would argue at least one of them is terrible and you might need to, to bite the bullet and pull the, pull the strings on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my spicy hot take as we, we sit here and discuss the Pittsburgh Steelers to open this podcast. Well, you covered like all the bases. They're just not good all the way around. I mean, there were, there were ways to hide some things before. Um, there's just not that. I mean, you knew the offensive line was going to be bad. The defense, I was, the bills are good, but I was surprised how, bad they looked um yeah it's going to be a long season and it's the only upside is that 
less Jim Nance and less Tony Romo as a result because they're not going to be good enough to merit them doing the games. But yes, I, Steve. hey, it's, we're sports media, right? And those, I, I think those two might not be as bad as the Steelers, but they, they are just really hard. Like it, Romo just says silly stuff just to hear himself talk. Yeah. And and Nance doesn't reel him in. And then Romo late, well, halfway in that game, was 31 to three and the Steelers made a play. And he's like, oh, this is the kind of thing where comebacks begin. And even Nance was like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, it was just so, but the Steelers are bad. They're just, and it's not going to get, it's not going to get pretty anytime soon because they're going to Tampa Bay this weekend, right? Or they're playing Tampa Bay. I don't know if they're going or coming. Um, And they've got some of their more loss, other losses on the schedule. If you look at it, that seemed pretty obvious. Uh, Coach Tomlin has said it begins with me, which is often the sign of something ending with someone too. Like, you know, you start saying it's on me and you go two and something or three and something and there'll be changes. Yeah. I think, I think for me, I, I really don't think Matt Canada is the answer. I think that has kind of been my flagpole in the ground. Or I don't know if that's the right phrase, but the my my anchor into the ground, there we go, for the past maybe three four seasons, and and a lot of people were like, eh, it's the quarterback situation, whether it was Ben or Mitch or now Kenny. Although I thought Kenny played fine, um, to me the whole time it's just been like I feel like I'm watching John Donovan's offense all over again. With that's a, fair with comparison. A, with a maybe a couple more twists. Um, so, well, I mean, when, when Pat Narducci, Narducci is one of the people kind of knocking a coordinator last year when he said something about didn't name him and, and glad he wasn't in t- with them anymore or whatever else. I just don't see it. I just don't. It, it seems like it's there's more sideways than 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 north south. There's looking for things that aren't there. Um, and it's taken a while to find the people who can make plays, but even the quarterback and the receiver who look like they can make plays. And there might be a couple of receivers who can make plays aren't going to have enough support from the line to make that happen on offense. And if the defense collapses like it did this past, I mean, they just, they can't keep keeping it up if they don't get some kind of support. And it's, it's hard to watch for a little while. Yeah. And I do think at some point they probably have to, that was, that was the, the double-edged sword of Tomlin, right? Good enough not to be bad, but bad enough not to be good. And maybe this is the year that they're bad to really start blowing things up again. Building towards the future. Um, nope. There we go. Um, I think the other thing for me is, I don't know. I think Pittsburgh fans are, myself included, a little bit spoiled. And so, like, I think when stuff like this happens, it's a little bit harder to, to bite the bullet on than, than maybe normal. Um, you know, like I don't want to point out the Jets because the Steelers just lost to the Jets, but like this has been the the mo of the Jets for a while. Is, is is like this is you know they're a perfect franchise, supposed to be good occasionally some years, but they really haven't uh, achieved what they should be. Or I guess the Giants would also be a good example of that. Um, no, that's the re- challenge because re- there hasn't been a rebuild right. in a decade and a half. There's been. Right average to maybe good enough and the nfl is down enough sometimes that almost sub 500 could have almost made the playoffs that one year you know they could be down enough that you rebuild but man it's a long way back up to 500 too like it's not it's not easy like the the next 
of the next three games, one of them is winnable. Yes. And yes. that's barely winnable. Yep. Um, Steve, you uh, you sounded fired up about Jim Nance and Tony Romo up there. You have anything else you want to share about that? I just think I think they're the weakest of the league. Even with Collinsworth and the new booth at Sunday night and Tarico, I, I think I still think Nance and Romo are the are the least of the of the number ones. I, I they don't it feels fun. Jim Nance doesn't sound has never really sound likable, right? I mean it just he's the Houston golf team golfer, country club dude that just never felt like he was likable and relatable. And Romo was hot because he could call plays the first couple of years. And that has played out that it doesn't happen as much anymore. And now he's just kind of this talk loud, say something and sound exciting kind of thing. But there's no insight there. There's no, inf- there's no, I, I just expect more of the number one teams because I know their resource so well. Maybe that's it. I, I think because they both have researchers, just like everybody else does, they have a network behind them. The number one broadcasts, kind of like Penn State football, are are being financed to a way to be better than they have been. Not this year for football, but Penn State football is financed and supported in a way to win nine or 10 games a year. That should be the expectation. Those number one broadcast teams are financed to a way, to a place where they should be almost flawless from game to game. I understand unpredictability of games and things happen, but they should be really good. They should be on it. They shouldn't be guessing about stuff. His his declaration, Romo's declaration this week that I forget which Steelers receiver it was, one of the best athletes, best athletes in the league, six foot three and gave his weight. That makes him one of the best athletes in the league. They're all that big and that good. Like, so what what does that mean? Like, how do you know that? Or are you just babbling stuff off? And I think if it was the third team for the network, I'd expect the babble. If it's the first team, I just expect more. That's all. Steve has a a low bar for his his announcers. Um, where I was going with that before you went on this beautiful rant, <laughs> that game sucked. The, that was an A crew. Uh, the Thursday night game with Herb Street and uh, Michaels was terrible. Um, we have a chance of that happening again on Thursday night. Do you think that announcers should polish a turd or is that is that their job or should they like are, are they laying into it too much these games suck no and it's interesting because it kind of goes back to the michael stuff about about gambling right like how honest are you going to be with your viewers right so no i don't think they have to clean it up and say this is better than it is because they're being honest with them so at the same time if you're being honest with them find somebody to sponsor the gambling stuff um no if it's if it's a a dog of a game it's a dog of a game and sometimes that happens you can say these teams are struggling you can point out what they're doing wrong um but at the same time with that then i expect the number one teams to have the stats and information because they have the preparation and the resources to be able to point out this is the first time in 24 games this team has played like x or done this or done whatever to be able to give the context of why it's so bad other than saying there's not a lot of scoring because if there's not a lot of scoring, that doesn't mean it's a bad game. Um, so I think there's a differentiation there, but I don't think it's their job to to show for the league any more than they have to. Yeah, I guess my take on it is uh, there's a difference between a close-scoring, low-scoring game that's good and a close-scoring, low-scoring game that's bad. And yep. it's very evident when that happens. Yep. Um, I think even for me, that's one of the reasons why like, I enjoy soccer 
because I know you don't, but I, I think that's like there's an art to appreciating those games. I appreciate that Michaels was like, this is a terrible football game. And Nance was kind of rolling his eyes in like the third quarter, pretty right. maybe even late second quarter. I I don't know. Is it like I guess they know that if I'm a neutral fan, I'm just going to go change the channel and watch watch another game. Yep. I'm kind of stuck with Michaels and and you know Herb Street on a Thursday night. So maybe like you said, explain it to me more. Explain why this was a good play. Like spend more time almost kind of shift away from the announcer color commentator role to more so a color commentator and then slash announcer kind of let the game kind of happen. We can all see what happens like, Oh, there's a, there's a nice catch, you know, like go with that type of style to me that, that um, goes a long way in a game like that, because I, then I'll, then I learn something that I'm interested. Then you're using this as, cause I don't know. I mean, I've watched a thousand <laughs> football games in my life. I don't know everything in, uh, about football. I, I don't. And I, I want to, but I always want to learn more. So that would be kind of my, hot take on that i think that's where that team in particular is maybe hampered a little bit and i like herb street a lot i still think joe buck's the best of the number one so michael's probably wouldn't be my first choice but i think because he's because herbie isn't a former nfl player of any well at all right there's an opportunity when there's a bad game for a former player to say, hey, this is a Thursday night after a Sunday. Here's what these players are experiencing. Here's what's going on. Here's what's in the locker room because I was there for seven years. Here's a little bit of the drama back that's playing into it. Here's this reaction to the sideline. I think he probably knows that's going on, but I think it's a little bit easier for someone who's done it to speak to it. Not that you need to do it to do it well, but I think it would make them that's the one instance where I think they could probably be stronger in those kind of things. And in Thursday night games, they have been, you know, from the beginning, tough things physically for players and, and sloppy play at times. Well, and I wonder if the the, the bitching and moaning is going to get Amazon better game placement. Like I, the Thursday night schedule is still crap. Basically, I mean, it's it's pretty much not going to ever be the prime game of the week, huh? prime game of the week. Um, but I think that there's an opportunity right now with a new rights holder to kind of say, all right, let's make this into something. We don't need to maybe make it into the Sunday night football game that it is, um, but make it into at least the two to three game of the week. And right now it's, it's pretty much locked in at the four spot of the week in terms of the, the, the four key broadcasts um, that the NFL. Yeah. And I'm trying to look, I don't know. Are there, is there a viewership fourth too? Like, it seems I like, it, not I mean, seen... if they're doing like 11 to 13 million, that's not one or two. That's not the afternoon window on Sunday. And that's not Sunday night football numbers. So that's the other thing they'll be going up against is, okay, yeah, we can give you a better game, but there's still only the third or fourth best number of viewers who are watching your game. So why would the league do that, right? Right. Going, looking at the games here, I mean, the next game that is mildly interesting is the Ravens at the Buccaneers. Uh, uh, 
and that's about it. That's really about it. Um, on on a Thursday night, the the, the Niners and the Seahawks could be good. Um, but I don't know. I I like the Thursday night game. I I don't. I think a lot of people hate the Thursday night game. I think it gets a bad rap. I, I enjoy having that little bit of NFL football um, to break up the week. But give me something better than Jags and Jets. Although that kind of feels cliche at this point. But even the Falcons and the Panthers, like, well, especially now. Uh, Although they played good games in the past, doing the same division, right? So, sure. You know, I could maybe name a player on each of those teams, and that's about it right now. No, that's fine. That's fair. And I, but I, it, it's if it's about the money, right? How much money are they going to spend? And what's it worth to Amazon after what they've invested in the booth? I mean, they're the ones who have the most, the most to gain to be able to to recoup some of their expenditure on, on the investment of both the announcers and producing the games and all that. The league, right? They've got another window that somebody's already bidding for. They're going to get eleven or thirteen million fans to watch, no matter who they toss out there. Why do they care who they toss out there? Yeah. No, I think that's about where we're at with that. All right. Where are we going? You good? Anything else you want to? Nope, ready to go. Okay. Um, hey, there's a Penn State football game this weekend. There's a bye weekend last weekend. Can't lose that, so that's good. Um, I went to Hirsch Park. What did you do, Steve? I saw the picture. We uh, hung out and relaxed, I think. Nice. No, we did this last past weekend. Didn't watch Penn State football game. No. I don't know what we did. I, don't think, I think I'm not alone in not doing that. I'm seeing, you know. Oh, we had a party. Yeah, never mind. We had a great party. Oh, That's horrible. For the invite, Steve. It wasn't us. It was Danny had a housewarming party. So we went. That's true. Great time. It was a great All party. Right. All right. Um, well, there is a football game this weekend. Uh, Penn State taking on Michigan at noon on Fox in Ann Arbor. A lot of stuff planned uh, for that game. Steve, my beautiful wife asked me a simple question last night. How am I feeling about Saturday? I still don't have an answer on it. Uh, maybe that's so you just answer. snubbed her and didn't answer. No, I, I said I don't know. Okay, I said I don't know. <laughs> so, Steve, what is your answer? I'm going to stick with the role I've been cast in this whole semester, and I know it's an upside down world. Welcome to whatever that network. Welcome to the Stranger Things episode of Stuff Summers Says podcast <laughs> with Steve. But in the upside down world, I'm going to be optimistic about their chances. I think they're going to win. I don't feel bad like i i mean i i do think i believe in this whole theory that they have played indiana iowa maryland connecticut and one other shit team i'm swearing a lot tonight sorry if you're listening to this with kids um but yeah i, I don't know i uh i'm not i'm not too too excited about uh i'm not i'm not not excited about penn state chances I'm just anxious. Like, I, I think there's too many unknowns about both teams. Like, we don't know how good Michigan is, and we don't know how good Penn State is, even though we think we have an idea. And I, I think I have an idea, and I think they are better than I expected because I thought eight and four, which could still happen, was kind of the my feeling. But everybody I talked to, including you, Steve, said 10 and two at worst. Um, so I don't know. That's my uh, my take on it. Are you? Do you feel like the wheels fall off the wagon if they lose this game? No, I I think they'll I think the wheels are loose. 
Um, and Minnesota is, you're coming back for the whiteout and you should probably be okay. And you're better at backup quarterback this year than you were last year, right? I mean, that was the thing that you go 5-0 and and the wheels come off because the backup quarterback, you know, can't hit a receiver in the middle of a pond. I mean, it's just, it wasn't good. Couldn't get snaps off, couldn't do whatever. I, I think they're much better that way. So, no, I don't think the wheels come off if they lose. Um, but they then that makes the whiteout all the bigger that they need to win. Yes. Because, you know, um, probably not optimistic about Ohio State. So, yeah, even though it's home. I think for me, the biggest thing with like that whole equation of the wheels falling off is I think if they get through this game and the wheels don't fall off in the Minnesota game, I, I'm not sure that the wheels fall off ever. Um, I, it's, I agree. It's, it's kind of one of those you can't make the sandwich without the bottom piece of the bread. Like you need that first that is a deep metaphor um, we've had stakes in the ground yes. we've had we've had sandwiches with the first piece of bread we've had wheels falling off you're touching all about you're touching all the analogies and metaphors tonight so i got the edgar Allan poe book back there i don't know does he I, it's been like 10 years since i've read that um i don't know I, I i think i think that there's a chance this game could be okay for penn state or not but I, I don't feel like uh, this is the most confident I've been in Penn State going to Michigan in the James Franklin era. Yeah, and I, and I think there's a having been to Michigan, I guess once, twice. Um, they're they're not that far removed from not being happy with their coach, right? So if things go poorly for them on Saturday in any way. I, I Not that they're going to turn on them, not they're going to be whatever, but it's not the loudest big crowd in the world. And they can sit on their hands a little bit. Like if Penn State could find a way to to get out front or control some things, it, they might take some, take some energy out of the place a little bit, um, which would be a good thing for them. And I think the Michigan fans would be capable of not being as supportive of their team or their coach at times because they aren't that far removed from wondering about whether he was going to stick around and him flirting with the NFL and all that. I do think that that is a weird thing that somebody else brought that up this week. And I don't, I don't remember what the context was. Um, but yeah, it's just, that was a weird situation. And like, I think that their title, their, their big 10 championship kind of erased, you know, race that winning heals everything but it was just a weird feeling and maybe this puts a little bit more cracks in that foundation uh more so than certainly james franklin leaving for matt roll to become the next yeah where did that come from holy that God. was weird that was a weird tweet that annoyed me and i i try not to try to stay out of that type of stuff but and the, that, start, that started that. with the Michigan guy, right? Yeah, it, it started with John John yep. Bacon, yep. Um, who's a he's a college like a, a educator, not education, um, journalism professor there, and pretty well connected into the Michigan, you know, beat. And he, he like everyone knew that Pat Kraft and Matt Roll were tight. Like everyone knows that. That's a pretty pretty well known fact. At least I did. Um, 
And I don't know. Apparently people are unhappy. Yeah. I'm sure there's people within Michigan's athletic department. that are unhappy with Harbaugh as the coach. Like it, it, it goes both ways. Um, I don't know. It was a weird, it was a weird tweet. Yeah. It was just interesting. I mean, I, I mean, John was rode the bus with OB when he did his caravan. Um, I know him and met him a couple of times. He actually went to, he coached at Carver military Academy with Joe Batista. Oh, so okay. smallest town in the world, like they're good friends. So it was just weird. I saw that. And I, it was just weird that you would fan those flames. I mean, there's no way that there's just no way that that's happening. I mean, I mean, now could he be defensive coordinator next year? If Manny Diaz gets a gig, sure. You know, right. But if you're Matt rule, you're in no hurry to spend $50 million. And if you're Penn state who can, who's selling beer to make more money as it can for its athletic department, you're in no hurry to ever worry about this coach's buyout that somebody wrote a horrible contract for in the next couple of years if, if things go south. Like, you just, it's not even logical that you'd think that. So, yeah. Tell somebody you really still feel Steve. Steve is on fire tonight. He's got a couple. Well, if you look at the buyouts, whoever negotiated that got- No, it's a terrible got, contract. Like, got yeah. blown over by the coach's agent. Yeah, if things go south, then- God help things go south they aren't going south for the coach because he's still no. collecting money buyouts are weird like <laughs> like the like the uh ed ogeron thing like you're paying me how much to leave like to do nothing cool yep. yeah exactly. gladly I, where's the door it. yeah show me um are you excited to listen to to gus and joel that is the only downside because um, Gus will be so excited about something. I'm sure some new Penn State player, if 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 Nick Singleton scores a touchdown the first drive on some big run, he's going to have a new nickname by the time he crosses the goal line. And we're going to hear that. I I can hear J.K. Dobbins playing for the, for the Ravens now. I remember Johnson incessantly, although it was a Penn State game or another game, J.K. all the way. He scored like six six touchdowns against some poor team or three touchdowns, and every time it was – Dobbins is a backup back, running back for the Ravens now, but when I see him on the field, I think of J.K. all the way, right? So, you know – and he said Frank, Coach Franklin is the most talented coach in – one of the most talented coaches in college football when he was covering the Purdue game with – I'm not quite sure what that context means. Maybe we'll get some more light shed on that this weekend about – I don't know whether he coach, thinks Coach Franklin has the best 40 time in college football as one coaches or what. I, I don't I know. Missed I yeah, missed he, that. Yeah, he just, he'll just say some stuff. Something. He feels kind of like Tony Romo. He'll just say some stuff. And I appreciate the energy. And it's better than two people who don't care and aren't passionate. But it seems like there's a line somewhere closer to Gus, but not that far over the top. But we'll see. Why are you excited for them? I know that I've run them down. I'll be at the game, so I don't have to listen to them. Oh, I didn't know you were going. Good for you. I didn't Thank know. You. Thank you. But you've been there before? Yeah, this will be the fourth time. So what do we like about Michigan? The parking situation. That's what we like. They oh, have we like they have like one of the easier parking situations day of. Like you don't need to really like pre-plan. You can either go to Pioneer High School, which is literally across the street, yep. or you can park at the golf course or at one of the many businesses that are around there. That's true. Um, that's about it, though. Okay. I like that I don't have to walk in at, at row like one. I walk in at like row 75. So I can go okay. up. I don't have to go because I'm usually in the top. Right. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. That's we, done, 
the golf course and Pioneer. Well, we walked past Pioneer High School. I guess we did an Airbnb and we were there last and walked from some house in the in town. But it was an easy walk, right? And everybody's tailgating in their yards. It was nice. Yeah, and people are decent there. Not always the best, not the worst. So they're, they're oh fine. good. I'm excited. That's great. Safe travels. That's wonderful. I didn't know that. Thank you. All right. Our last segment of the second to last segment of the evening is one that I, I initially like could just kind of threw out there because I couldn't think of a segment and I've, I've now spun it into something different. Um, the big sports media news this week is that Bob Costas is back calling a series, a complete series of, of base, playoff baseball for TBS. Um, he is calling the Guardians and Yankees series happening right now. Um, and then he's going to also call the ALCS. Here's my question. I know who Bob Costas is. I He's been a sports media figure in my life. Am I supposed to be excited? Like, did, did Bob Costas make you excited back in the day when he was a baseball announcer? Because that's what he's like, kind of his bread and butter, right? Yep, he's a baseball guy. I mean, that's he's done everything. He's done the Olympics. He's done everything. And they, they but they painted him since he's since he soured on football in general because he was NBC's Brent Musburger right. in the studio, right, for their pregame show. And then since he soured on football and is now not doing the Olympics, baseball's his thing, doing the MLB network. He was the face of the place for NBC for decades. I don't know that I got excited for him as baseball, although I knew that was his sport. Like I knew that was his bread and butter even though he'll talk about his St. Louis roots and ABA, the ABA and all that kind of stuff. Um, now I don't, I think it's interesting. I think there's, it's a couple, it's a day, day one story of the series, but I don't know that you're to be that excited. And I actually feel bad for our friend who's the big Yankees fan. Cause she is not a fan of Bob Costas. So she'll be stuck with him through the playoffs, which I'm sure she's thrilled of. Which apparently I have to issue a public apology to because <laughs> That's apparently right. I got tired of Aaron Judge's home run thing and break it in and doing. I'm just saying they don't like they don't celebrate NFC touchdown records or AFC touchdown records as the dogs come in here. Um, so that would be my spicy hot take there. My next question is Anna corrals the dogs all around the, the office. Boys, will you get out of here? My next question is this. With baseball, have baseball announcers been replaced by football announcers of the, as the voice of sports in our country? Does that question make sense? Yes. And the answer is yes, nationally, perhaps not regionally, depending on the announcer. Right? Like Michael Kay or whomever the Yankees have, John Sterling, right? Those are, the, those are those two voices. And if you're a New York sports fan, they are probably the soundtrack that you're more accustomed to because there's 162 times you're going to get exposed to them as opposed to Jim Nance or Bob Costas. Um, and I think that's the thing that baseball people always had, right? There were just more exposures. And even the national guys, when they were first the voice of the nation, you're only getting one or two games a week. And that was the voice that everybody heard you know, on, on This Week in Baseball, Yankees announcer from years ago, Mel Allen, was the This Week in Baseball narrator of the show. Everybody in the country saw This Week in Baseball as like the highlight show of the week pre-SPSPN. So everybody knew Mel, Mel Allen. Like they just, that was the voice of baseball to them. 
but I think you're right. I think the football people, I think Al Michaels from, from the 80 Olympics on, right, with, with the Miracle on Ice on, Joe Buck doing baseball and football, um, when you, Jim when Nance you think, with basketball. When you think about Joe Buck, do you think about him as a baseball announcer or a football announcer? I think about him as a football announcer, even though That's I know he's I better at baseball. Right? Like, yes, even though I agree I, he's that. done more. I just, because I, I care a little bit more about the NFL and he's done bigger games. Um, I know he did the postseason, the World Series. I'm not diminishing those. But yes, I just think it's easier for me to get invested in a short term, a 16-week season, 20-game season if you get the playoffs, than it is the, the full baseball season. And I think about Buck as football, even though he's great at baseball. Like all the guys I mentioned, Michael's used to do baseball for ABC um, on Monday, used to have Monday Night Baseball and maybe even a couple other nights of the week. Um, but yeah, I think that's a fair analogy that the football voices have become the voices we're more familiar with. And especially in the South, the college football voices. That's That was the other thing I was going to say. Like I, when I close my eyes and think about football, and now part of that is because I'm a bigger college football fan than I am an NFL football fan. When I think about the voices of football, Brad Nessler, Brett Musburger are, pretty much a one and a two in terms of people that I, I think of um, maybe yep. Vern in there as well. Yep. And then you get to the NFL guys. And I think Al Michaels is kind of, has always been my preferred announcer amongst the bigger announcers. Um, and maybe that's just because of the, the whole miracle and nice thing, even though I wasn't alive. Um, but I think for me, the biggest not necessarily difference, but the biggest thing for me is these are the voices like the pirates haven't been good. So I don't really have a lot of connect deep connections to baseball voices. And the only baseball that I pretty much really tune into is happening right now, which is playoff baseball. And for the last umpteen years, who have I been listening to Joe Buck? So, yeah, I I think, I think that kind of was what I was thinking about um, earlier. And that would be kind of my, spicy hot take so to speak in terms of spicy hot and accurate look at that thank you all right um anything else you want to add there nope i'm waiting for this not painful just discussion whatever it is it's a very easy simple discussion steve we have discovered that there is on the roku app there is a myriad of free uh game shows channels on there including Supermarket Sweep, which is my favorite game show. I want to know, Steve, my first question is this. What is your favorite game show and why? And then I'll okay. ask my second question. Wow. Um, well, we're like old people now. So we see, we, you know, at the end, after dinner now, we, we get stuck with, you know, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. But I would say they are not my, neither one of those is my favorite Perhaps this is old 70s stuff. And then maybe they had a revival of it. Joker's Wild, where they they pull the big thing and the little things like a um, casino machine spin and you get three cards. Joker's Wild, look it up. Um, okay. I'll go with that. Or or even older. Now, even older, I, I lied. It's the one that they had the um, match game. That's the one. Still don't understand the rules of that one. As no, that, that that one's been on when on sick days growing up at, at two o'clock in the afternoon when there's nothing else on. 
That's... Right, and I don't, I don't think there were rules. I think that was just a place for people to goof off and collect another little check and get some TV. So, I, match game. That's my final answer. All right, that's a, that's a good pun. Uh, what game show would you be best at? Uh, the millionaire one, because you'd have choices. You can phone a friend and you can win some stuff. Oh, I think I'd be terrible at that one. I don't know. I always thought those. I, I always thought those were at least you had a choice of four. Wasn't bad. I, I'd push my thumb too slow, slow for for um for Jeopardy sure. and probably spin the wheel wrong for the other one. And I, card games, I think, are too luck. So I, I think the millionaire one. Wheel what Fortune. About you? Wheel of Fortune to me has zero rules. I think that show is completely made up. I, I try to watch that show and I don't understand it. Like they just start yelling vowels and consonants and they're spinning the wheel. <laughs> and, you know, and you know, wait, there's no way they're not slowing that wheel down and speeding it up for whoever they want to win. Right. Yeah, I mean, come it's, on. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Um, the game show that I think I would be best at is is one called The Chase. I don't know if you've ever seen this one. I've seen it once, maybe. So they had it was on Game Show Network. It was actually a British show, and then it was on Game Show Network, and then they went away, and then they brought it back. And basically, there was you you worked in a, a team of three, and there were three contestants. Each contestant would go up and answer questions from the moderator yep. in a certain amount of time and then you'd rack up money and then they would offer you that money less money or more money with however many steps the the beast was what this guy's name was who is apparently like the british like version of ken jennings that is that is the game show i think i would be best at because i would play it conservatively and the questions were relatively easy enough that i could get them like okay that would be my my go-to um so yeah i think sounds kind of like the howie mandel one right with all the briefcases whatever that one was you know deal or no deal i i like that show when it was on it was fun when it was on but that's not a show that i enjoy anymore again it's kind of like how you you are with the card thing the luck yep yeah it had a short it had a, it had a long run but it had a short run yeah. where it was like unique and different yep yeah um all right my last question is this what is your least favorite game show? Oh, that's interesting. Um, like, what one are you like? If you're flipping through and you see it on, you're like, no, we're not. There's no way this. I'm stopping there. Um, God, it's got to be something that I would think. Say, I'm not going to kill brain cells watching that. So I wonder what it would be. Um, what's yours? I'm going to buy time and buy. Like I would go with Wheel of Fortune. I think that's my least favorite game show. Um, match game is up there because maybe because i just didn't understand the, the humor yeah yeah um maybe the price is right even though like it's it's a long time you know i can remember snow days and whatever else and whatever else but now it's probably not as interesting it's, so i i probably would flip by that as i try to think what would be there um and anything with the word celebrity in it i'm flipping past <laughs> sorry i don't care how much money they think they're raising for my charity just give the people the charity money and don't don't make a show out of it oh my gosh all right steve doesn't like celebrity jeopardy we hear it we get it all right that's all i wanted to see that wasn't stressful was nope it? that was good that was good okay all right um well this has been another episode of the stuff summer says podcast with steve with steve uh, i've got an email stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com i've got twitter or we've got uh, a podcast that you're listening to. Uh, 
like it, five stars, thumbs up, all that jazz. The next thing I was going to say is we have Twitter handles. Mine is at Stuff Summer Says. Steve's is at Steve Samsel. Other than that, um, we'll talk to you. We'll talk to you Monday. Yeah, uh, safe travels. Yeah. Or maybe Tuesday. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye bye.